0: Hello everybody at Elevation, how are we doing today from Cairns, far north Queensland, we love you guys, down to the sunny Gold Coast, to so the big smoke, Hills and Penrith, mighty Melbourne with the big G, four seasons in a day, I don't know what to wear when you live in Melbourne over East to Mandra, the Wild West. What, what a joy it is that we can gather together today to share God's Word. It's my great honour as, as, as the Elevation Pastor to share God's Word. I'm with my good mate, Joe, and appreciate you, Joe, being here with us today as we share God's Word. Let's pray. Father, would you move mightily today? Lord, would you just let your presence fall on every person That I pray as we share Your Word, as we study the Scriptures, we would be challenged, we would be changed. Father, we ask for a move of God. We ask for revival to come. We ask for an outpouring of Your Spirit. Father, we're desperate, we're hungry, we're in need of You. And we pray today it would be a moment that would change us, would change our church, that we would never be the same. By Your Spirit, by Your power, You'll move mightily. We pray in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Wow, what a, what a day this is as we start our series Legacy. Life is so short, my kids are growing up so fast. Had a morning breakfast with my son, my eldest boy, 23. I got five kids and uh, just blinked and we shared how the stories of when he was six years old and, and growing up and how fast life goes by. I pray today we would be stirred that life is short, that that we're on this earth for a purpose, to glorify our God, to live out the cause and the purpose that's on our lives. That this series of legacy is more than just about us. It's more than just about the church. It's about the Kingdom of God being expanded, being established. And I couldn't be more excited to, to share Uh, the message to open up this series. Uh, Legacy is about two things. And this is my prayer and my goal for legacy of these next few weeks as we go through this series together. Number one, that we as a people would draw closer to God. That we would draw closer to God. That that God would move in our hearts through His Word and through worship. That we, our hearts would, would draw closer to God. And number two, our goal is we'd build our church. We'd build the church to impact more people, see more lives saved and changed and and, and see ministries explode and and people come to Christ like never before, signs and wonders and healings and and community and encountering God and that we we would build our church. Now last week we had Pentecost Sunday which if you don't know, was 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. The Holy Spirit falls in the upper room. The Gospel is preached, 3,000 are saved. Signs and wonders and miracles, there's awe. It's revival. It's going crazy, right? Let's see what happens next in Acts 2.44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Hang on a minute. (laughs) Why does that verse challenge us so much? Why do we kind of get a bit itchy and freak out when we start to talk about money? What is it in us as human beings that we, we sort of start, our heart palpitates a little more, where are we going here? What's this message going to be about? Let's just think about the context. 3,000 people are saved. Some of those walked away from their families. Some of those people acknowledging Jesus Christ meant they had to disown their current religion, that they were alienated, rejected. They would have lost their jobs that they would have given up everything to follow this new Messiah, Christ. Cost them their, 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 their whole life. And then we see signs and wonders and miracles and we're in awe and it's, it's so exciting. Then all of a sudden we see that money starts to be given, that that generosity starts to flow and we as believers, sometimes we freak out. Why is that? Why is it easy for us sometimes to give our lives over to God, yet we hold areas back? We're going to talk about that today and let God shine His light of grace of, of why that's a challenge for each one of us. Now, I will give context of what happened here. Those people that were saved didn't live in Jerusalem. They came in on their annual pilgrimage for the Passover to celebrate when they were released from slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt many, many generations before. So suddenly they're foreigners. They're, they, they only came for a couple nights accommodation and maybe a little bit of money or a bit of food they carried. So suddenly they're actually homeless. There's this massive need with these 3,000 people that are experiencing revival. They didn't have anywhere to sleep. They, they had no money. They were in from the countryside. And so it was quite a financial challenge. And so we understand there was a great need and everyone contributed and helped out. And I love that. But here's the bigger point. When there's revival, there's always provision. You see, generosity was a reflection of the Spirit moving. And it was one of the key pillars of the early church is the generosity from the believers to really fund the move of God. And so you can't have this great revival without understanding. There was actually some provision that came with the revival. Sometimes we forget that as Christians. We, we love to go to church and we love to sing the songs. and We love for God to move. And, but actually provision is part of what we call revival and a move of God. And suddenly Jesus became more important to them than their possessions. I'm going to say that again because that's going to challenge the fire out of all of us. Uh, suddenly Jesus became more important to them than their possessions. And for you and me, it's the same. Our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. We've decided to follow this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords for His glory, for His purpose. our, Our lives are given over to say, God, here I am, use me. That, that, Father, I would bring Your Spirit, Your presence into my life, my family, my children, into my, my workplace. That we were born for more, to see God move mightily, not just live for ourselves, but to live for God and for others. That God wants to do something significant in us. He wants to use us for for, for Him and for His glory. That we're called for a higher life. We're called to do more than just survive. We're, we're, we're called to live this life of, of faith. We're called to step out where we haven't been before. We're we're, we're called to be surrendered servants, not control freaks. We're we're not called to live a life of happiness that's temporary. We're called to live a life of righteousness that's eternal. We're we're not dictated to by selfishness or fear or, or our own personal desires. We're driven by the Spirit of God to live for Him, to live for others, to see His power, His presence, His glory flow through us. We we don't fear lack and poverty. We we have a God that's bigger and greater than any economy, a God that's bigger and greater than any government, a God that's bigger and greater than any circumstance that we may be in. We're we're, we're born for Him. And that's why this series is so important. Kind of reminds us what, what we're here for. Why on earth are we on earth? It's for the kingdom of God to glorify Him, to expand His kingdom on this earth. And it always starts by putting God first. And that's kind of the summary of my message, putting God first, which includes putting God first in our finances. Let's jump into Proverbs 3, 9, as we study God's Word together. Honour the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops, and when your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This Hebrew word for first fruits is Rashith. Rashith, you gotta get the R going. Rashith, like pirates, Ra! Rashith. You won't forget that now, will you? Rashith, it means first and best. First and best. The first fruits means we should give God our first and our best. And there is a promise that He'll bless the rest. So the principle of putting God first in our finances also means we give to God with the active anticipation that He'll provide more. Now, let me be clear. I do not believe in the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is you give God 10 bucks and He'll give you a (laughs) hundred. You know, you, you, you give something only to get something back. I don't believe in that. But I do believe in the blessing of God. I do believe that God wants to use us as a conduit to pour out His goodness, His favour, His blessing in us and through us to impact others. The blessing of God is real and it's powerful and it's activated when we put God first in our life. You could say it this way, when we give God our first and our best, He'll bless the rest. When we give God our first and our best, He'll bless the rest. So this principle of putting God first isn't new. Jesus said, seek ye First, the kingdom of God and all will be added unto you. And we go back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis 4, 3. That in the course of time, Cain brought some. Remember that word, some. Some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from the what? The firstborn. Big difference. Cain brought some. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favour. Why? Why was one offering accepted and one rejected? They both gave. You know, they they both gave to God. Why was one received and one not? It comes back to first. You see, we look at Cain brought some of the fruits, maybe some leftovers, you know, maybe some extra apples that weren't needed. Maybe some of the, the pumpkins or the celery or the, or the, or the uh, I don't know, some of the fruits that he didn't want. Maybe there were some vegetables. Come on, let's give God some cauliflower. <laughs> Who wants to eat cauliflower? A bit of broccoli, uh, you know, maybe he kept the peaches and the lychees and the mangoes. But he gave some, right? He gave the leftover. The significance here is Abel gave the firstborn, the first. Why does that matter? Why is that important that God wants the first? Because it takes faith to give the first. In fact, Hebrews eleven four says this, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. Giving first requires faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's easy to give leftovers. It's easy to sort of be generous when you've had your meal, right? And it's a beautiful steak and you sink into it and it's just awesome. It's a ribeye. It's on the bone. And you just, man, it just melts in your mouth. And a little bit of uh, uh, pepper sauce, maybe some of the mushroom or or Diane sauce, and you're just hoeing in. You're not sharing that with nobody. I mean, you love your wife. You do, right? You love your wife, but you're not giving her any of that steak. And your kids, look, you got plenty of them so you're not giving it to them. You give a piece of your steak to your kids, there'll be nothing left. So you're hoeing in, right? You're, you're just loving the steak. Well, once you're full, it's a bit easy to share. You're like, I'm the hero. I have some of my steak. You're not giving your steak in the beginning of the meal. You're giving your steak when you've had enough and you're full. It's a bit like that with God. It's easy to give when we've got some left over. It's easy to give once we have paid everything out. It's easy to give when we don't need it. But giving God your first requires faith. Not knowing if there's enough. Not knowing if there's going to be enough for everything else that you need to do. God is a God that is pleased by faith. And when we put God first, it, it can only happen by faith. God requires faith, but also God won't tolerate being second. God is a God that wants to be first. God is a jealous God. God won't compete uh, for anything else or any other idol in your life. He wants to be first. That's why it's so important. In this series Legacy, we understand to put God first. When that's in order, everything else can flow and to be blessed. The first fruits isn't actually considered giving because you can't give what isn't yours. You're actually just returning. Everything is God's. We've been bought with a price, the Bible says. Leviticus 27:30 says, one-tenth of the produce of the land where the grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to who? Belongs to the ATO, <laughs> belongs to the bank. Uh, belongs to uh, uh, Caltex or Mobile. Uh, belongs to Credit Union. No, no, it belongs, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. That This concept, one-tenth, uh, uh, 10%, it's holy. It's your, your first fruits. Now, most of us don't have crops and flocks. And that's why the Bible teaches the tithe it comes from the Hebrew word Manasseh, means one-tenth, 10%. Jesus Himself, said in Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe, yes. New covenant, Jesus confirming the tithe. Why did Jesus say that? Because the principle of putting God first transcends old covenant and new covenant. The the principle of putting God first goes beyond uh, days or years or, or goes beyond age, it applies to our lives today. The economy may change. The, the way we do business may change. Uh, the, the economic world may change, but the principles of God don't change. God wants to be first in your life. Is He first in your finances? So well, what does that mean for you and I? Well, if you have a wage and you receive an income, ten percent of your gross income, you return to the Lord. It's putting Him first. Exodus 23:19. Bring the best of what of the first fruits. Remember that word in the Hebrew of first fruits. That means to put God first. Rashith, your first and your best. Your first fruits bring those first fruits of your soil to where the house of the Lord your God. Malachi 3:10 bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The Bible says something really strange here. We're not taught to test God, right? The enemy Satan tested Jesus. And that's not what we're supposed to do, except in this particular application, where the Bible says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see, here we go. Come on, church, here we go. If I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Why is that? Because when we put God first, he can trust us. When we're faithful with the little, God will give us much. When he's first in our life, he knows that we'll honor him with our wealth. He knows that we'll will honor him with our favor and our blessing. When when he's first, that we can be faithful in the little, he'll, he'll give us much. He'll bless us. He'll pour out His blessing upon us. That this is more than just about an offering. That this is more than just about money. It's about our hearts. (laughs) This is about us worshipping. This is about us giving God what what He deserved. That's His. It's, It's our lives. Everything we have is His. Father, I pray we would be people that would worship You with our finances. We'd worship You with our time. We'd worship You with our talents. We'd worship You with our jobs and with our families, that You would be first in every area. And the great promise of the blessing that when He's first, boy, God blesses us with the rest. Let me close with a very powerful story. There was a Jewish family, they were in the Old Testament. And they had a big successful ranching company. A little bit of Yellowstone going on in the Old Testament. And every time a cow would begin to breed, the family would gather around to see the birth of the calf. And if it was the first time the cow gave birth, then the dad would take the calf and he'd kill it. He'd take a knife and he'd end its life. Exodus 13, verse 14, we'll pick up the story. And when the time comes when your son asks you, well, what does this mean? Dad, why are we killing our, our calves? This is our livelihood. Why, why are we doing this? Then say to him with a powerful hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. And from the land where we were servants, when Pharaoh would not let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt and and both the firstborn of the man and the animal. So I give, because of that, I give to the Lord the first male animal to be born. And I buy with a gift of money the firstborn of my sons. Why? Well, why is this in Scripture? So that. So it'll be like a special mark on your hand and on your forehead. For the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a powerful hand. When, when your children ask you, Mom, dad, why do you tithe? When my kids see Bonnie and I give faithfully, year in, year out, the good, the bad, the financial, the tight, when we're consistent with our giving, when we show them our giving, I can say, boys, daughter, I wasn't always free. There was a time I was lost. Parents got divorced, felt rejected, felt no one loved me, felt shame, hurting, full of sin, full of insecurities. I I was this little kid. I was in grade 11 and I was four foot 11 and and I didn't have any hair under my arms. My voice was squeaky. I was a late bloomer. Man, it was brutal. Brutal in those days at the high school. I I was just in so much fear and shame and rejection. It was at that moment that God reached down. He rescued me. He saved me. I, I gave my life to Christ. I became born again. I live for something greater. I gave my life for something bigger to serve Jesus Christ, my Lord, from that day until this. And I can stand before my children and say, that's why I tithe. That's why God is first, because He saved me. Tithing isn't about money. It's about salvation. That we have been saved because of a tithe of our God in heaven that sent the first and the best, His Son, Jesus Christ, into the earth to live and to die this horrible hatred death of murder and corruption from His own creation. So we could be saved. We could be redeemed. We could be, be made whole, not just for this life, but for eternity, because life is short. We don't wanna go to hell. People are going to hell everywhere around us. Yet, putting God first in our life is a sign of salvation. The principle of first is about God sending His Son first. It's a reminder that we were once lost, but now we're found. It's not a thing that you do because it's religious. It's not a thing you do because we just go to church or we, you know, have to expand the kids building or or we have to give away to a missionary. This is because we're saved. Because God has given everything. Everything we have is His. He wants to partner with us to expand His kingdom on earth. And He wants to use you today. He wants to pour His Spirit out upon you. He wants to bring blessings and favour like never before into your life, into your family. All He's asking, would you put Him first? Would you put Him first in your life? That He wants to bless you and use you. We want to see revival in our churches. We want to see people come to Christ like never before. We want the provision that comes comes with revival, the supernatural move of God to come supernaturally with provision to reach more people for Him. That was His plan. That was the whole purpose. And here we are 2,000 years later, going into legacy, being reminded of what life is about, that Jesus saved us so we could put God first put Him on the throne of every area of our life. Father, I pray today, our hearts would draw closer to You. I also pray, God, that by the supernatural move of God, there would be a supernatural provision come into our churches to fund the kingdom of of God, why not? Why not, God, can't You show up and move significantly in the hearts of Your people? Why can't You, God, do signs and wonders and miracles and 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 blessings and, and, and move like You never have before? Father, we are hungry for a move of God at elevation. We need You. We're, we're desperate for You. We want to encounter You, God. We want to build deep relationships with each other so that You can be glorified and honoured, that Your Kingdom can be expanded, that we're not here by Chance. Some of you today, you're sensing this, you're not here by chance. You've been hurt, you've been offended. It's time to put your big boy pants on and move on. It's time to realise God has called you and chosen you, that it's time to put Him first, that God is no respecter of persons. God can be trusted. God is good. God wants to move in your life. Would you dare to put Him first in every area of your life? Father, we pray we would have the courage today I also pray for those that are hurting financially. I get it. There is pain out there. I know it. But God is the answer. He's the provider. He is a good God. That's where we turn in our time of need. Would you pour your spirit out, God? I believe people are being challenged. (laughs) I just can sense it. God's moving. Thank you, Jesus, for touching hearts today. If there's one financial tip I can give my kids, it's put God first. If there's one message I can preach uh, about financial investing, it's put God first. If there's one word I can say about security, uh, about having stability uh, financially, it's put God first. Today, we make a declaration. As the pastor of Elevation, we'll put you first. We'll put you first. We'll honour the money given. We'll steward it well. We'll have great governance, great accountability, that every dollar given will be great stewards for your kingdom, for your glory. Still praying today, uh, there's some of you that need to put God first in your life by accepting Him as your Lord and your Saviour. And I love that we might be talking about legacy, but it's about salvation, as I said, shared earlier. And today's your day to be saved. Today's your day to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to put Him on the throne of your life and let everything else fall in order. All your relationships, the work, everything else will fall in order when God's first. And the Bible says, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Maybe you've walked away, God's not first on your life. Today's the day to recommit your life to say, God, that's it, I'm done. Life's too short, I, I put you first. I've tried it my way, nothing's gonna fill the void. No, no amount of stuff, no amount of holidays or cars, no no, no, no amount of shopping online or trips to the uh, shopping centre will satisfy that void. Only Jesus Christ can fill it. And that's why you're here today. And, and you know what, we're here for you. At, at, at Elevation, we care about you. We, we wanna see you saved. We want to see you put right with God. We want to see you not just for this life, but for eternity, because there is a hell. And without Jesus Christ, we're going to hell. People are going to hell every day. The time is short. This is an urgent message. If you don't know Christ, make that decision right here, right now, with eyes closed and heads bowed. That's you and you know it. Put up your hand. Come on, put it up. Right up. Come on, boldly. Get that hand up in the air. Put it up. Say yes to Jesus Christ. Father, I pray with everybody who's put their hands in the air saying, I wanna be saved and healed and forgiven. Jesus, supernaturally forgive them, change them in Jesus' Name. In fact, let's all pray together that prayer, putting God first in our life. Let's all pray. Jesus, come on, let's all pray together. Jesus, say after me, I'm a sinner. I need a Saviour. I put You first in my life. I put You on the throne of my heart. Help me to put You first in every area. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's make some noise. How good our God is. God bless you all today.